talking about lead. Hey, hey. Fire up that stogie when the deal is done. Short fuse, black cat, everybody run. Linebacker when they Welcome to Lit with Larry. I'm Larry. And I'm Jesse. And we're getting lit. Cheers. Well, Larry, it's Friday, February 21st. It's been, I think, three weeks since we had our last recording, right? It has been. You've been a little busy boy. I have, yes. I've been a busy boy with my with my new girl. Uh, Eloise Colleen Hitt was born on February 7th. And uh, nine pounds, nine ounces, 21 inches, healthy baby. Mama's doing good, too. So That's a big hit. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, yeah, so we're going to call her L for Eloise. And I don't know, do you watch S- SNL at all? No, no, I'm too well, old there, for that. There's a, I'm not too old for that. <laughs> I saw the first episode. Oh, I'm sure you did. <laughs> you weren't even born. Yeah, you're right. That's why I said you're not too old for it. But there's a, uh, Chris Farley did did something uh, for El Nino when, when that storm came through. And it was, it was El Nino, Spanish for the Nino, so. My daughter is L hit, Spanish for the hit. I'm going to be a big hit, I hope. Yeah, hopefully. That's great. So um, I was thinking about uh, talking a little bit about arriving uh, since we've got L here on the planet uh, joining us with uh, eight and a half billion other people or three, I guess, four billion other people. And, um, you know, when when you arrive, um, it's it's really an interesting uh, thing because you're either like totally excited or just absolutely confused and concerned about launching into the unknown. Now me, I like arriving. I like going to new places, doing new things, meeting new people. You know, that's all kind of uh, figuring out how to discover something. And if I was uh, much, much older than I am, as in like, you know, the 15 or 1600s, I think I would, would be a world explorer. Um, like Marco Polo, Marco Polo, yeah, or Genghis Khan. You know, he liked visiting places, and so You're uh, really old school with that one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So um, I really kind of like the whole concept of arriving. How about you, Jesse? Yeah, I, I feel the same way. I'm world traveler. My wife and I have both been to. We've been to every continent except Antarctica between the two of us, um, which is on our bucket list, and we will definitely do before we die, assuming that. It hasn't all melted away into the ocean, right? Oh, absolutely. The um, some of that's scary. I read an article uh, yesterday in one of the science magazines that talked about how grossly um, we've underestimated uh, methane um, as a chemical that's going into the atmosphere that has a very huge impact, uh, much larger and like a three to five times more dangerous and bad effect than uh, carbon dioxide. Uh, the only good news is methane is a naturally occurring thing regardless, and it dissipates uh, within a couple of years, not like lifetimes. So uh, hopefully Jesse's right and we'll all get to visit, you know, the either pole. Well, let's talk about, before we continue with the arrivals, we forgot to mention what we're, what we're sipping on today. So uh, Larry actually brought in all of the ingredients to make Manhattans and Old Fashioned. So I, we are drinking currently. I'm drinking an Old Fashioned. What are you having? I'm having a Manhattan, having been a 
35-year-old residents of the tiny island off the coast of America. And the, that's, I figured you were going to make some kind of mention of that. Yes. Um, the, the, so the bourbon that we chose for these uh, Manhattan and Old Fashions is, is a Woodford Reserve Double Oak. It's a barrel selection from Ernie's uh, on Harrodsburg Road. Everybody knows that I'm a big Ernie's fan. I actually was not on the pick where they picked this barrel, but they did it at the Tulip restaurant. Shout out to the Tulip on Romany Road. It's a wonderful place. Um, but all of the guys that I usually go on the barrel picks with uh, went to the Tulip, um, and they picked up they picked out this barrel out of the ones they chose. I, rumor has it some of them that, – that was around lunchtime, so they got served lunch. Uh, rumor has it some of them stayed until about 9 o'clock that night and uh, had a great time maybe. Maybe we should have recorded a Lit with Larry episode there because I'm pretty sure they were lit. But this is called Two Tulip. Uh, it's a wonderful, um, wonderful barrel pick from Woodford Reserve. Has all kinds of nice flavors, the caramel, the oak, the coffee. Uh, it comes in about 90 proof. So it's what I would call a, a dessert bourbon in a way because lower, lower proof and uh, more of that sweet taste. Yeah, but very yummy. It's got a really nice nose on it. Um, and a really easy flavor. It's not uh, a sipping bourbon like I brought, which happened to be a uh, old crow. It's a not a bottle of old crow. That is a shooting bourbon. This yes. is a sipping bourbon. This is a, like a cordial almost. Right. Well, I, I'm talking about. You know, we'd have a sip of this uh, Woodford Reserve, but we we could kill the bottle of old crow. Yeah. So, um, but my um, what I would refer to as my uncle-in-law. Uh, uh, used to be the superintendent at Old Crow Distillery. So for better part of 20 years, uh, I would uh, be uh, a beneficiary of some of his um, small pony bottles, which which he would uh, bring to his house from various barrel taps. And so I got to uh, get a taste of that. And so in, in a certain amount of loyalty, I continued to buy Old Crow on, on an occasion when I'm not getting free booze from Jesse. What else are you, you've got, so Larry's triple fisting. He's got the Woodford Double Oak uh, Neat. He's got his Manhattan, and he's also sipping on uh, some High Life, the champagne of beers uh, left over from three weeks ago. Yeah, Miller High Life. You know, it's, um, you know, I, I've been privileged with taste buds like a maggot. Everything is good <laughs> for me. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put that. Yep, it's all good. It's all good for me. Well, um, talking a little bit more more about arrivals, I I think I you know, the one thing I was thinking of when you when you brought up this topic was, uh, you know, when people arrive, whether it be for me and a new baby or guests from out of town um, or someone in a foreign country, it, it, someone arriving to a foreign country or vice versa, um, it just kind of changes the perspective of, ever, of everything. So, um, you know, when when you have guests come in from out of town and they, and they arrive for your to your house, there's a certain amount of excitement, anxiety, you know, all of those feelings that come in when when there's a new arrival. Uh, definitely had that with L coming into the world, um, but it kind of changes your perspective of however you know how your life's going to change. Um, with the first two, I can say I honestly had no idea what was what to expect, and with the third one, it's the same way. I had a certain idea of how things were going to go, and things have gone completely different. But the one thing that it does make you do is kind of reflect on uh, how well everything is going in your life that um, you do have those new arrivals and 
how I'm just going to say like how amazing my wife has been with the whole uh, process of having three kids and makes me realize kind of how wonderful of a woman and and person she really is. So I thought I'd give that nice shout out. She doesn't listen to the podcast (laughs) (laughs) uh, because she refuses. Uh, But I thought I'd give that shout out of how proud I was of her and uh, of our, our boys too. You know, they've really done a good job with the new arrival. Um, probably the biggest arrival they've had to this point in their lives. So uh, it's been quite great. Yeah. Yeah. The, the interesting arrival for me, nowhere near the, the great magnitude of, of Jesse's, but my um, 18-year-old son, Patrick, goes to uh, Skidmore College in uh, Saratoga Springs, New York. Um, it happens to be home to also the second most beautiful racetrack in America, uh, with Keeneland, of course, being at the lead. But uh, Saratoga track is absolutely lovely. But the point being that this morning from 8 to 9 a.m., Patrick did his second radio show. So he's become a uh, disc jockey. chip off the old lock. Yeah, yeah. The the gift of gab, playing music. Uh, What I particularly like is his discovery of music. Because um, you really kind of have to do your best not to get stuck in a rut uh, of music uh, because there's so many great kinds of music from obviously rock and roll. Uh, pop is the, the thing these days. Uh, uh, K-pop being half Korean uh, is a big thing. Um, What's K-pop? K- well, I kind of know, but expand yeah, on that. K- yeah. K- K-pop. Is that Gangnam Style? It is Gangnam Style. That's one of the, uh, the more famous one. And uh, K- K-pop is really interesting uh, in, in several regards. And part of the reason it's interesting is that it's, it's become fairly universal. You know, of course, it's popular in Korea, but Korea is, you know, like, you know, a few million people. Uh, it's huge, 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 huge in South America. Uh, it's rather big here in the United States. Uh, there are uh, multiple bands, boy bands, um, that are hugely successful. Uh, and with the uh, performance uh, via YouTube, you know, people get to see the performance. And uh, quite honestly, a lot of these uh, kids are performing at an extremely high level. So, uh, but anyways, uh, back to that. I mean, jazz, you got, you've got to spend some time with various kinds of jazz. Of course, the blues, you know, distinctive uh, American uh, genre of music. And uh, the list goes on. And so I'm thrilled that my son Patrick, uh, because of his DJing now, is getting exposed to just a ton of different kinds of music. Is your son, uh, how do I say this, is your son into the kind of his Korean background? Is that something you've tried to instill in him um, as he grew up? You know, does he eat Korean barbecue and think he's cool kind of thing? Or is that something he really embraces? No, uh, we've, uh, I've not, uh, like my mother before me, uh, have not really made the household Asian other than uh, within the context of food, of course. Uh, we regularly go in New York City to Chinatown and K-Town. Uh, I particularly like K-Town, uh, which is next to the Empire State Building on, on 32nd Street uh, and Fifth Avenue. But uh, no, I mean, I really haven't like tried to enforce any kind of language learning. I haven't enforced the cultural things. Although we do naturally, you know, with many Asian cultures, take our take off our shoes at the door. <laughs> <laughs> so you don't wear shoes in the house. Yeah. 
That's just a good. That's just a good practice, anyways. It's, feet and shoes are so disgusting. Right. Well, especially in New York City, uh, where my boys were born and raised, uh, and you can't walk down a sideway without, you know, seeing the feeling the remnants of a dog that came before you. So, um, so no, Jesse, uh, the the kids have really been raised as uh, New Yorkers, as Manhattanites. You know, they've got the attitude, the um, the hustle. You know, of New York kids. <laughs> That's awesome. And so, and also um, the other thing I'm particularly proud of, and I sent them a recent article about this, which was that I made them critical thinkers. Uh, there are too many people in the world, uh, and uh, especially it seems like you in could the have United ended the sentence there. There are too many people in the world. <laughs> period. There. Yes, there are. <laughs> you know, but increasingly people don't know actually how to think critically. You know, how to question. Uh, how to defend an argument. And, uh, you know, my two kids uh, have become the pariah of their crowds because they insist in a discussion that the person have some semblance of knowledge and facts uh, before they uh, express an opinion. So uh, I'm particularly pleased with with that. Yeah, that's great. Uh, yeah, my kids, I, I grew up in Ohio, uh, actually not too far from here, but um, my kids are Kentuckians. And a funny thing, we were at a kind of a family reunion or wedding up in Ohio and my kids were running around with no shoes on. And it was maybe, I don't know, it was maybe 40, 50 degrees. Oh, it was Easter. That's what it was. And uh, one of the family members said, you know, where are your kids' shoes? And I just responded like a true Kentucky and said, they're from Kentucky. They don't have, they don't need shoes. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's funny. I had a flashback of my older boy, uh, William, who's 21, uh, again, born and raised in, in uh, New York City. And when he was about four years old, uh, we would uh, go to the park. And typically it was a, what I call an asphalt park. It was largely that, uh, that uh, tire rubber mix to protect the kids from falling and, and the sand. Con- and the concrete jungle. And the concrete and the sandbox and whatever. So, uh, but at some point we had actually come to Kentucky um, uh, to visit the in-laws. And uh, of course they have a big yard and, you know, I tried to like, I picked him up and, you know, uh, put him on the grass and he just would not touch the grass. <laughs> you know, I'd, I'd lower him down and he would just crouch, meaning pulling his legs and knees up and he just would not go there at all. And so when you talk about that, here's a you know four-year-old kid that actually hadn't ever touched grass. That's insane. <laughs> so what you want? I want bourbon. I want scotch. I want beer. Welcome back, everyone. Uh, I don't know if you noticed, but uh, producer JB is not on this episode. So Larry's trying to figure out all this technology. And as you can imagine, as an 100-year-old Asian man, he's having trouble doing it. So this episode has been has given us quite the amount of time to get lit back here. Uh, Larry made me a Manhattan. I've drank it, and now I'm on to the champagne. <laughs> but let's talk about, you know, a topic that we generally like to talk about it, but it's, it's been three weeks, so we've really missed a lot of history, um, but I really didn't. I didn't spend any time looking that up what we missed out on. And I know that you didn't because you don't prepare for the show at all. Absolutely. Larry's theme in life is never prepared, but always ready. 
Yes, exactly. <laughs> and that's especially when it comes to drinking. He's never prepared because he never has his own booze, but he's always ready to drink someone else's. Jesse, I told you, you know, like a performer, every great person needs an audience, and I'm <laughs> the number one audience there is. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Maybe you can help us grow our audience so we can get paid for this instead of losing money by taking off work. We've had... 40 listeners to our episodes so far. I mean, well, maybe the same one person of your... Fr- well, hopefully, hey, it could be my friends listening to it more than once. Well, I, hope, I just heard from a friend that uh, we might have some international listeners coming in soon. Shout out to Stephen James in Ireland, if you're listening. Uh, but they might be our first international listeners. Woohoo! Yeah, how about that? Well, Irish whiskey comes next. Oh, we should do Irish whiskey. I'd love to do that. So today in history, in 1965, Malcolm X was assassinated, Uh, obviously a huge figure uh, in history with uh, black history movement towards equal rights, etc. That was probably what, 1965. How old were you at that point? Uh, That would have been eight years old. So too young, I guess, to really know exactly what was going on. I figured you were 30 or 40 by then. (laughs) Well, here's a good one for you. Well, I guess you would have been a little bit older. Uh, In 1972, Richard Nixon was the first president of the United States to visit the Republic of China. Um, So that's that's kind of interesting. You were, what, 15 at that year during that time? Yeah. So that's about the right time. Um, In 1885, the Washington Monument was officially dedicated in in the mall, uh, in the Washington Mall down there, uh, with a reflect. I don't know if the... I wonder if the reflective pond was there at the same time. What do you think? I, do Mirror, not, I think they call it Mirror Lake. Is that right? Yeah, I do not believe it was uh, at, at the time of the founding of that. But the monument is absolutely stunning. I took uh, I took the boys down there, uh, set up an appointment for – it was the summer. I forget exactly the time. But I set the appointment for like 730, uh, which is once you're up in the tower – Oh, they don't kick you out. And so we were able to see the entire landscape of Washington, D.C. during the sun. And then we watched the sunset and the lights come on. And it was stunning. So I encourage you. Uh, it's free. You can register online with the Parks, de- uh, Parks, Parks Department. Larry's away. And, uh, and it's totally exciting. And by the way, we, we got there. Uh, it had just been open for about two years because you may recall or not that there was an earthquake in Washington, D.C., and it uh, affected the monument. You know something really neat about Washington, D.C. in modern day? I, you know, I've been there a few times. I went there as a, a fifth grader with a field trip with my elementary school. Um, something that's really cool, I went there last year for a wedding. You know, And now instead of walking around to all of the monuments with this big surge in the scooter economy uh, with Lime scooters, uh, all of those spin scooters, Hooter scooters, who knows, they all, and all the different brands of scooters, you can actually scoot between all of the monuments pretty quickly and make much better time. Uh, and it's not very expensive to ride those things around there. So that was, that was pretty neat to be able to do that um, and save a lot of time while riding, riding around. Right. I, would, I wouldn't recommend, recommend getting lit while doing that because there are children all over the mall, but yeah. Uh, it's it's kind of a neat place and crazy tourists as well. Yeah, but yeah. Um, a lot of a lot of folks taking pictures, if you know what I mean. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and let, let let let's not forget that also. But 
the Batman 1989 theme by Danny Effman won a Grammy. Oh my god! This gosh. day, so you're years I, ago. So I saw that in today's history, and I just chose to not include it. But here you are. Now we're playing music on our podcast. Exactly. We can't play much music because the uh, copyright police will shut us down, and you guys will be none the wiser. This sounds like uh, you're speaking from experience here, so yeah. uh, we'll just shut it down. Um, uh, in today's holidays, today is National Caregivers Day, so if you've got a, a caregiver out there or you know someone who does, give them a hug uh, because we know that they give a lot of hugs and they do a great they do great work in the world. Right. So it's, you're saying take care of your caregiver. It's also gra- National Grain Free Day. We're obviously not participating in that by <laughs> drinking bourbon and whiskey and beer and all, all the sorts of things we've got on the table here. Um, the last one I looked up was National Sticky Bun Day. Woohoo! Uh, I don't know what is a sticky bun, anyways. Is that like a donut? Well, let's let's not go into the X-rated discussion here, but there's various kinds of sticky buns. Is a sticky bun? An Asian food, though? No. Well, a sticky bun usually refers to something like a cinnamon roll. Yeah, gotcha. You know, and uh, and it's sticky because of the uh, car- caramel, meaning you know, burnt sugar. I'm just used to uh, the Sir Mix a Lot track. Uh, what is what is that? Buttermilk biscuits. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know if that's a sticky bun or not. Um, well, that's all I've got for the day. Is Larry? Uh, Anything else you wanted to cover on the episode? I know that we have some questions from our listeners, and these are real listeners that have actually asked questions this time. So that's great. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Now, I, let's go to the uh, the questions. We're doing our best, uh, audience. Thank you for listening. We're doing our best to keeping it more like a half an hour than the first two episodes, which was 45 minutes. We're also trying to uh, focus the discussions on some interesting topics and uh, trying to tunnel into them a little bit deeper rather than being uh, a little too much random. And of we're course, still, we, we're still extremely random, which I think is fun. But yeah, yeah, and we've got to figure out our trajectory because if we're going to talk serious, we need to do it at the beginning uh, because we start slurring our words at the end. So yeah, clearly we can't even last twenty five minutes. <laughs> How exactly. sad is that? Exactly, lightweights here. So, <clears throat> so Jesse, what we got? Yeah, so I got a question here for Larry. Uh, so this is from Natalie in Lexington. Woo. She li- She's a, I'll just give her a shout out. Natalie Mason, one of the best realtors in town. Uh, she's by, helps buyers and sellers and is really uh, making her name around town. Um, so she listens to our podcast while she's driving around in between appointments. Good friend of ours and she's my realtor. So what does Larry, what does Larry do other than being the patriarch of the office at Base 110? Well, thanks. Uh, uh, Natalie, I'm going to go ahead and answer this for you. <laughs> Not much. <laughs> yes, thanks, Natalie. In case you need a chauffeur with a big client, I probably can be available for you. <laughs> but um, I'm not the patriarch as opposed to the mayor. Uh, and um, one of our uh, roommates well, I here. I don't know. You weren't elected. Well, no, the, the mayor um, in slang has to do with somebody that just kind of a networker that puts people together. Is this something you're making up? No, that's it. Uh, One of our roommates here at at Base 110, shout out to Base 110, Tim, Randall, Meredith, thank you so much. We're using your uh, podcast room, which all of you in our listening audience can do on any given Friday because it's Freelance Friday. It's open and free and 
coffee and espresso and beer and beer and lit with Larry at four o'clock. Yeah. So um, anyways, Natalie, uh, they call me the mayor here because I connect people and I'm a bit of a gadfly. Uh, But actually, I really have a business (laughs) and that business is in the areas of marketing and technology consulting. And I work with usually very big companies, um, people like J.P. Morgan Chase, Wells Fargo, uh, Merck, uh, pharmaceuticals, uh, Boeing aircrafts, and uh, Sotheby's did an engagement uh, a little bit ago with uh, Sotheby's out of New York, the auction house, of course. That's a blast. Not to be confused with the real estate. Yes, market. not to be confused. Thank you very yeah. much. Sotheby's Real Estate is, in fact, Natalie, a very different division, not connected. It's just a licensing agreement. But they do, uh, Sotheby's, the core, does have a really interesting uh, wine and beverages group. So I'll have to look up and contact some of my friends there, see if they're doing bourbons, because we can probably hook them up uh, with Cody uh, and listen to episode four, which our roommate also, Cody, uh, is a big bourbon guy. So I've rambled on enough. What I do is I have a consulting company, but what I like to do is, you know, hang out with people and and connect them to others. And for, for example, today, one of our roommates does CME training, uh, continuing education, medical education. I hooked them up with one of the uh, uh, guys that comes here on Friday that does uh, augmented reality and virtual reality uh, in hopes of maybe creating some curriculum using some high-tech stuff. And that's the kind of thing I like to do. So what else we got, Jesse? Well... What? How did you get into the bourbon game? The bourbon game. The bourbon game. Well, Natalie, <laughs> uh, I you know I actually can kind of pinpoint. Yeah, I guess since I've moved to Lexington, and even even in college, I drank a lot of bourbon, just really shitty bourbon, and it, that was more in the uh, you know rugby rookie circle, or and that was chugging uh, ancient age, ancient ancient age plastic bottles. Um, or we drank a lot of we drank a lot of beam in college as well, uh, both chugging it and at the bar. A, a double beam and coke was a five dollar drink, and that's kind of what we would go to at our local bar. Um, so you know, I drank a lot of in college, but not didn't really know. You know, a nice bourbon in college was a Maker's Mark, and it was maybe six bucks. Uh, so I was saving a whole dollar by buying Jim Beam. And when I moved here in 2007, you know, I started drinking more of the Maker's Mark and Woodford and had a couple pappies along the way. Um, some Weller, you know, started dipping into that. But I, I would say I really got into the bourbon quote unquote game um, around circus 2014 when one of my buddies called me at about eight o'clock in the morning and said, hey, I was driving to work, and then on my way to work, I drive by what used to be Shoppers Village on uh, Shoppers Village Liquor Store. Now is Liquor Barn Express on Tate's Creek Road uh, or High Street, however you want to call it. And he said, "I was literally right there." And he said, "It's Pappy Day. Can you like stop here and get a bottle?" And I was like, "Yeah, absolutely." So immediately swerved into the parking lot, ended up standing in line for three hours, got a bottle of the twelve-year Lot B. Um, to which my he got one as well, and we ended up drinking one and selling one. It's kind of what we did. And I'm, Natalie, you know, I'm a super competitive person. I'm in sales. I'm kind of a hunter. Um, and at the time, I had just quit playing rugby because I had a newborn. Um, well, I had a baby on the way or a newborn. 
And my wife just wasn't going to put up with me playing rugby anymore. So I had a, I had a huge <clears throat> void in my life where I had a lot of time where I was practicing twice a week, traveling during the weekends, playing. I played rugby for 13 years. Um, so doing all of that. So I was kind of looking for a new hobby. Um, and I'm, I love the hunt. I love the chase. And I got into kind of shopping around and buying and selling and trading and collecting. Um, you know, fast forward to today, I don't do any of that anymore. <laughs> I'm more of a... I do the picks for Ernie's and, uh, you know, whatever he has, whatever Kevin has for sale there, he tries to sell me and I usually end up buying something. Um, but I just don't have time to wait in lines anymore and camp out and things like that. So uh, that's kind of how I got into it is just kind of trading one hobby for another. Um, sucked some of my friends, including Natalie's husband, into it as well. So we, Ryan and I have a good time drinking bourbon in my basement or at his house. And I've made a lot of friends along the way. And it's been a really good experience. Yeah, like Larry. Yeah, like Larry the Mooch. Um, exactly. Ryan also mooches. Her husband also mooches a lot from me too. So, well, that's because you're so generous. I Jesse. guess. Do not put that on us. <laughs> put that on your generosity. I accept. It could not be a, big, a bigger compliment for someone to give me. So, well, cheers. cheers to that. And I think on that note, that's a good good place to close. What do you think? Yep, we're lit. Thanks for seeing us. If you ain't lit, quit. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Thank you all. Next week. Fire up that stogie when the deal is done Short fuse black cat, everybody run Line when they bring the high